I am very, very hyped because we've got the CEO of the SPCA, Andrea Midgen. How are you? Kia ora, Rebecca. Really good, thank you. You'll have it noted that on my LinkedIn profile, one of the two things I support is um, is uh, animal animal rights and SPCAs in there. I'm a massive fan, love animals. I, I always wonder about, I've been asked before, if someone was drowning, a human or a dog, who I'd go for. And I kind of feel I'd go for the dog. And I know it's probably the bad thing to say, but I just have a, a I've grown up with animals. I'm a huge, massive, massive, massive um, fan of the animals. So... So much to so many. Well done. Sorry, I just cut out on the last bit. Oh, I was just saying thank you. I was saying thank you for the great job you do. It's very good. Ah, thank you. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. You know, you look at social media and um, you get way more likes on uh, animal stuff than you do on human stuff every time. Yeah. Um, have you uh, heard of a lady called uh, Jess Bovey yet? She's the social media manager for NZ Police. No. She is on fire on LinkedIn, and she just basically does the best posts of all police stuff. But what she does is she does it all around, like, the, the, the dogs and the cats. It's just epic. It's epic. So let's let's rewind back a bit before we, get into, we go too off tangent before we even start. Uh, SPCA, you've got... I've got some. I've got. I've been given some reading notes uh, that um, a certain mutual friend of ours says there are 600 staff across the 38 SPCA centres and 56 op shops, 5,000 volunteers, and SPCA cares for 40,000 animals annually. It's pretty awesome. It's huge, and it's not changing. It's not going down, which is the sad part. Um, you've been in the organisation for f uh, five years in the role now. Is, mm -hmm. is that right? Yep. Um, Why did you do it? Oh, look, you know, I've had some really big corporate jobs and um, I love change. Uh, but I went to the SPCA actually as the CEO of Auckland and uh, I really just wanted to wrap my hands around and create a really good culture for a bunch of people that are doing an amazing job for the animals across the country. And I was sick of the money go around and wanted to make a real difference. And I know it's really corny to say that, but uh, I, I just don't think I could go back to corporate land now. Uh, it really has to be about making a difference to society. And I'm not fixed on animals. I love animals. But, um, you know, any any organisation that is actually making a difference to the environment or the human race or the animals was is what works for me now. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool when it's something that you know it's like who doesn't love animals if 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 anyone that i meet doesn't either like music or animals they're flipping weird and i can't be friends with them i i have i absolutely love um like my dog was once sick and i got on a plane i was in new zealand uh lab was in the states and i got on a flight that night to go back because they they were they say, it's just like it's it's something that you can't, you know, when you love animals, you love animals. Uh, you, we were talking about before we came on air, structurally, commercially, the business, is it cool? it's not cool, you don't call yourself a business, do you? Charity? What do you call yourself? Charity organization. Yeah. Organization. Um, went through a huge structural change. Uh, what happened? Why did it happen? Because I think that will give good context for where we can go for the rest of it. Yeah, so SPCA has been in New Zealand for about 140 years, and there's a great fight about whether it started in Dunedin or Christchurch, but anyway, all that time ago. <laughs> and um, and it grew up organically, and so there was a need in a community, and so someone would start up another one, and it ended up we had 46 individual incorporated societies. 
Um, and that's not sustainable uh, for a number of reasons. Um, you know, there's all the health and safety laws and new finance reporting and all that creates a big burden on uh, not-for-profits. And um, But also, more importantly, uh, our chair coined the phrase that an animal shouldn't be defined by its postcode. So I always pick on poor old Kaurau. You know, they were just trying to keep their door open and do what they could for the animals. And why should those animals suffer when other areas had more money and could do more? So um, it was really a focus. Cats. Those yeah. Ponsonby cats. Yeah, exactly. Um, so how do we shift uh, from transacting at the bottom of the cliff all the time, animals in and animals out, and how do we move to the top of the cliff and, you know, put that fence up and, and stop this level of abuse, this level of unwanted and vulnerable educate our people about compassion for animals you know they're sentient beings they feel just like we do as humans and uh, they should be something that we're absolutely proud and treasure in our lives not not uh, subject to abuse hell yeah i would 150 agree um covid yes how obviously everyone's working remotely i get that now but in the lead up until lockdown, was there a massive like rush on uh, adoptions from from like little Johnny who just needed his little iguana or just like what happened? What just took me through the logistics of those four days of Gong Show? What what actually it was it like? Was absolutely incredible. Um, and there's always silver linings to these type of events, right? And so we got change in our organisation happening so fast and the public in, of New Zealand were amazing. Uh, we adopted over a thousand animals in those four days, which is like three times higher than we've ever done before. And on top of that, uh, we increased our foster network, which is where animals um, can go stay for a while if they're not ready for adoption for whatever reason, health or age and things. Um, we increased that by 800 uh, people, um, which again has never been heard of before. So it was just ballistically, crazily stupid, but amazing. It's it's so funky because you wonder what, and, and was it the little grommets who just wanted to get it before it was locked down we're like we're going to be at home i can look after it and we can get them potty i'll get them potty trained like was that was that basically it for everyone there was a lot of that but there's a lot of people that have been putting it off because you know they work a lot of time and and didn't really think that they were had the right environment and they thought gosh we're going to be here all the time um i do think that there's a risk that you know particularly with some of these dogs, they've had such huge attention over the last sort of seven weeks that there's going to be anxiety, uh, withdrawal symptoms for when uh, life does go back to normal. That's, it's it's a shitty reason why to get to a situation, but net net for all of those animals, it's amazing for them, right? Like it's always a one wins, one loses. Health goes down for some and then opportunity for others. And through this, when you look at, you know, how other parts of the world have, have gone through it new zealand seems to be obviously a, a massive commercial economic challenge to, to climb out of this but um health wise as as number one in comparison yeah. to a lot of the other spots i think if, if that was the priority i think it's done not too bad but then okay so let's talk about so level four lockdown did all the animals so what happened to all the animals like everyone just could people drop off anything like logistically what happened during lockdown how did how did things so, yeah. move if it didn't move like what happened 
So usually we have three to 4,000 animals at any one time across all of our centres. Um, with this great movement of adoptions and fostering, we got down as low as 600 animals across our centres. So we managed to shut a whole lot and then the rest were on very strict roster, small um, teams. Um, and then we have what we call our inspectorate um, force and ambulance and, and field officers. And so they were going out to people um, that had animals. So for instance, maybe they had a foster animal and it got sick and so they'd go out and collect it in a contactless way and bring it back um, to be vet checked or, um, or drop off food, all those sorts of things. So we learned very, very quickly how to operate in a contactless, um, safe way for all, our, for all our staff. And the amazing thing is that not one single person um, within the SPCA network has reported um, COVID. So we're really pleased with that result. So that's awesome, right? But I got another note that Sarah had put in here and she said, uh, Andrea has done an exceptional job of coordinating SPCA's response and liaising with MPI to gain our essential service status. How is the SPCA not a flipping essential service? Huh. Well, you know, it's just such a new environment and um, that was our first battle. Um, I've forgotten about that. Our first <laughs> battle was just to get essential service and there was like there's some, oh, well, maybe. And, and over in the UK, the RSPCA over there were not classed as an essential service, which would have just been awful for them. And um, and that was it. And then the next one that we battled with was that um, desexing should carry on because it's like a bit of a pipeline, right? And if you you stop one part of that pipeline, then you just get this whole build up and back up. Um, and unfortunately, the um, vets weren't comfortable in terms of the New Zealand Veterinary Association weren't comfortable about doing desexing and lockdown. So we could only do it where we have our own vets, which is Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch mainly. Um, and so we're just working through that backlog of desexing now to get them out but I'm hoping that the procedures have been built and written and put in place now that they and show that we're being safe that that will be reconsidered if god forbid we ever have to go back into a lockdown again so just uh, uh, go back to the essential service thing did how did you know you weren't an essential service and when did that come across your desk did, did someone email you got a message and was like hey uh you're not essential and you're like uh we kind of are <laughs> what, what, what happened no um we've we've got a really good relationship with the ministry of primary industries because we're a co-regulator um, of the Animal Welfare Act with them for our inspectorate service. So we were talking to them as soon as there was rumblings about a lockdown uh, and it was just a, a, a bit of a negotiation back and forth. And we wrote, we've got a um, science team uh, who are experts in animal welfare and, and things like that. And they wrote these amazing procedures to make sure that they, MPI had comfort that we knew what we were doing, we were gonna be safe about it and it was something that could continue. Yeah, nice. Um, and you're talking about the co contactless pickups, and so so would they would just put them in cages, and you'd pick them up there. And so, what happens now coming into level two? How does it change? They can they can come back in and get them. Like, what changes operationally now in terms of logistics, handling, movements, animal, people, adoptions, the whole thing? Talk, talk me through that. We're taking um, quite a safe approach to level two even. So we're not opening our centres up for public. 
um, to just uh, wander on in and, and have a look at some animals. We've got them all up on our website. So if people want to adopt or foster, they just go on the website and, and um, uh, fill out the forms and make an application for that. And then they come in by appointment only. So whereas before under level three and four, we would tend to go out to whoever. Um, now people will be allowed to come in, but by appointment only. Yeah, nice. Um, I saw some uh, reports come out um, overseas that there, uh, that COVID had spread into animals. Now, I didn't look too much more into that, but has any animals in New Zealand been tested for COVID? Have they even done that? Is that a thing? Like, what's the what's the yeah. what's the, the buzz there? Yeah, it's quite an interesting um, space because there has been some um, examples of cats, uh, dog, and tigers in New York. Um, Carol that- Baskin. That's who yeah. that baskin. <laughs> that, that have got COVID, but it seems that they get it from the humans rather than animal to animal, and it, there's been no instance of animal giving it to humans. Um, and a lot of yeah, the animals have been asymptomatic as well. Yeah, that would. Man, if it's that, it's if it, I was just thinking like cats. If it if it went from like cats to people, man, we'd be stuffed, and then dogs would be a flipping gong show. Oh, absolutely. And and horribly, I think it was in China, people were throwing their animals off the balcony because they thought at oh, one stage geez. that that they were spreading it. Um, and we were watching very, very carefully to make sure that there was none of that sort of behaviour going on in New Zealand. No, it's a, the last thing, especially for, for that sort of side. That's, I mean, jeez, I, I fucking hate stuff like that. Um, on that topic, that's something that you feel very strongly about. How, how does New Zealand do in terms of the rest of the world for animal abuse? Are we good or are we shit? Well, we're pretty shit, really. Um, really? I mean, we're, we're bad in, in abuse generally in our society, which is such a shame and it's such a big problem um, to try and get over. Uh, one of the things that we're doing as SPCA is we actually have this amazing, if I say so myself, uh, education program. It's part of the New Zealand curriculum. So children that go to primary school and intermediate school, they've got to learn, um, I don't know, budgeting. And so we've created this whole online portal for the students and the teachers, um, and it provides all the context in which the teachers can teach it. So say they've got to do budgeting, and um, so how much does it cost to get a dog, feed it, vaccinate it, um, house it, exercise it, all of that sort of thing. And so within all of that, we're teaching children about compassion because when I started at SPCA five years ago, um, our primary school teacher who's led this program described to me a a school, primary school in Auckland that she used to teach at, and there was a nine-year-old boy throwing a kitten against a brick wall, not understanding what is wrong with that. And, you know, this is the issue that we have, um, you know, used to seeing within their family drowning kittens because they don't want them and that that's okay and of course it's absolutely not so we need to lead and it's a long um, term project and to bring that societal change but we're hoping that um, the messages are really strong um, and that will work through that schools and as those generations come through yeah that's a I mean how do you it's a how do you even navigate the strategy of changing the mindset of behavior when kids have learned from what they've seen, right? And that's well, the normal. Thing. It's like, like how do you even how do you navigate that? What's the like? How do you... 
it, it's it's really challenging and and uh if it was an easy problem to solve i'm sure someone would have solved it you know the police we work with police uh, we work with uh, organizations like housing new zealand and we're just improving their reporting and the sharing of information so that if if we go into a situation the inspectors go in and they um are dealing with animal abuse they'll also just look around and go chances are there's more abuse happening in this situation um so notify the right people and, and vice versa and and so that's a really good step forward from what we used to do yeah that that um it's a danger with groms eh because yeah it's a thing of you know that if they're seen it happen to animals it might be happening to them there's just always a it's a probably a pretty sad trail that you have to sort of go through and then obviously that goes to the the, the dogs a good buddy of mine um you know got a, got another rescue dog and and just the mental um scarring and baggage that this this dog has like he, he was just saying it's a psychological absolute shit show like he's got a um just navigate this is such a tough thing right and and you don't and so many people don't think that animals have you know brains too animals have you know feelings animals have memories animals have issues animals have you know there's there's a, there's a lot and i think the more it comes to the forefront the better but at least it is feels it feels in new zealand now that people can at least talk about mental health pretty openly it feels yep. that is pretty much you know you don't do those type of things so as a as a mass it definitely feels a different energy towards anim the treatment of animals um than it probably was 10 or 20 30 years ago so so that's at least oh, it feels like society's getting better so much so and you know our numbers are going up for people reporting and um often when i'm doing interviews they say that's really bad and i actually think it's really good because i think more and more people are going hey that's actually not okay i can see over the fence and uh, you know tools like phones and be able to video stuff is just gold for us because then if we want to take a prosecution you can't refute that um, and or they can send it in and say, hey, is this okay? Is this sort of treatment all right? And we go, absolutely not. We're sending someone around. Um, so the more and more that that happens, I think it will help improve it. And back to your point about the psychological harm, this is a thing that really kills me because we don't put any animals down unless we really have to. And there's, so there's only two reasons. One is health. Um, if something's so seriously bad, it's the right thing for the animal can kind of live with that because it's no different to humans, right? But the psychological harm that is done to some of these animals and with the best will in the world, sometimes we just can't turn that around. And it's, mm. you know, it's same with humans, I know, but to have to put a beautiful animal down just because of the treatment that it's received um, in, earlier in its life is, is the hardest thing for our team. Um, but of course, we we know there's a lot of people that won't take on that burden because you actually have to put hours and hours of time in. And sometimes there's things that you just cannot change. And if, for instance, the animals become quite aggressive um, because it's so fearful, um, you can't take the risk that it's going to be harm, um, you know, biting humans or other dogs and what have you. So it's it's really tough. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Eh? The the who would have thought that the introduction of an iPhone would save animals' lives. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, right. What? No, but it's it, it's cool, you know, you, and you think as well that the, the headspace of, it's not that it's like safe snitching, but people are generally like, hey, this is stuff. But a lot of time they'll be ringing up to ask, is this normal? Because they won't know, right? Like they probably either, if they don't have animals themselves, they might not re realize that that's not, not okay. So 
No, I, I think when it comes to, you know, SPCA safe snitching, I'm, I'm all for it. Hell yeah. Snitch <laughs> it's a nice away, label. Man. We'll do that. Safe snitching. Yeah. <laughs> but you have like a bunch of like real gang members with like SPCA do-rags, be like, safely snitch. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, the, you're talking about before about the de-sexing. So, the edu- so there's an educational part of this. For those that aren't unaware of it, because I don't know too much about it, what's the big deal? It's to stop the breeding, right? But how, but it's not regulated. It's not mandated. What's the whole? What's the hook? Yeah. So in New Zealand, anybody can sort of basically breed as they like. Um, the councils also have uh, responsibilities for dogs uh, under the uh, Dog Act, and um, so that's for strays and and dangerous dogs. But nobody has any responsibility uh, from a legislation point of view around cats either. Um, so what we would love to see is change to law that means that all animals should be mandatorily desexed um, before they are rehomed and it's only licensed breeders that are able to uh, breed and that would stop some of the horrible um, behaviours happening in puppy farms um, and things like that. But more importantly, um, 80% of our animals are kittens, cats, kittens. Um, and it's because they're unwanted, they're vulnerable, um, they, they need a home and there's no, not enough homes for them. And they just um, carry on breeding because there's nobody responsible mm. for them. Um, and even practices like um, the pounds um, that take these dogs, uh, some of them release the dogs that are back to owners and what have you without desexing them. And it just seems to be crazy because you're just exacerbating the problem and it's actually not a difficult problem to solve. Um, it just takes a bit of money and a bit of time and effort, but it's very solvable. So, so you're saying to, so you would like to have it regulated, legislated, made, whatever. And so, so what would that, so does that law not exist? What would that law be? What is it? What is the dream scenario? The, the law doesn't exist at the moment. And so the dream scenario is that all animals are desexed prior to rehoming, unless you're a licensed breeder simple and and also that they're microchipped yeah so why isn't that a thing because it feels like that will instantly almost anyone engaging with vulnerable animals would be um that would de-risk a bunch of it because all of a sudden there's not going to be them uh, you know 20 of them sitting around that that aren't wanted and then people feeling awkward of like what do we do with these 20 kittens yeah exactly and you know it seems seems easy so why is this not a thing (laughs) yeah why um so uh yeah, it's a, it's a long story, but, um, yeah, it's just not got to the politics. top of the list. And, um, you know, Who's we talk about 40,000 animals into, New Ze- um, into SVCA, and then there's all these other rescue groups all the way across the country that are dealing with thousands more. So, you know, it's, it's a big problem, and there's a lot of money going into this, and it's just so unnecessary. So, so what, I'm just, I have a small brain. Why is this not legal? Who is the, who is the, is there a minister of animals? <laughs> so the minister uh, of uh, primary industries, Minister O'Connor is responsible for animal welfare. And uh, there's a, a body, body called um, NAWAC um, and they, they basically develop the laws, but there's a lot of animal related laws that need to be um, put through. And so it's sort of on the list 
Um, but it's something that we're talking more and more about. And, and it's another reason actually why we came together as one, because we wanted a voice and we wanted to have a credible voice um, and so that we were heard rather than, you know, 46 little yappy, yappy voices. Um, so we're, we've been working very closely with um, the government to try and bring some of this change about. Okay, so Minister, what's his name? I'm writing his name O'Connor. down. O'Connor. <laughs> okay, Minister O'Connor. And he's an animal minister. What's it? What's his name? <laughs> what's um, his job? He's a, a minister of primary industries. Primary so it's industries. all animals. So think about companion, what we're talking about, production, everything. Okay. You leave that with me. I'm just going cool. to. <laughs> Yay. No, Go but I just said. I don't know. Like, I just, I think very simply, it's like, um, let's just make it safer for the animals and then life is better and people don't hurt. Like, you know, if you don't want psycho murderers to go around doing it on people, they start with animals. So stop on animals and, you know, get some more hugs going. So, no, nah, it's all right. All right. Minister O'Connor, what's his first name? I'm writing his name down. Garrett. Damien. Damien. What, what I think of, oh, that's right. The cat guy, Morgan. <laughs> is, he, yeah. is, is, is he? I've never met that guy, but he sounds flipping crazy. So, but he loves cats, right? Cats is his big thing, is he? Or he hates cats? Uh, both, really. <laughs> he loves. Yeah, he, loves he, birds, he does like cats, he? Um, but he doesn't like cats out in the environment killing the birds. Okay, so so I'm just wondering, is he a, is he a, a friend or foe in, in my motion with uh, Minister Damien O'Connor for Prime Ministries? Um, okay, cool. So, what else right now is frustrating you the absolute most about? animal welfare in New Zealand what's the one thing you're like stuff this yeah it, it's um oh gosh there's so many um the next one would be chain dogs so oh go there what's what's the deal there it's it's not illegal to have your dog chained up providing that it has shelter water food and enrichment exercise mm -hmm. um but that's the law okay so but is it okay to have a dog chained up 20 hours a day? Is that the right thing? Why would you do that? You, the you psychological think a harm. chain or a rope? Either or. Typically I don't think, I think they should be able to run around. I don't, I don't really, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. But my, my dogs have never been on a, on a, on a chain. I don't think that'd be nice. No, and they're, they're sentient beings, right? <laughs> it's a bit like putting them in lockdown their entire life. Um, mm. We've just suffered through, you know, four or seven weeks of it. Um, and that need for social contact is, is pretty high in most people. Um, and it's the same with these, these dogs. And so one of my um, challenges to my team is how do we get enough evidence to take it through court as a prosecution to show that psychological harm is actually not the right thing for the animal. And even though it's not law, it shouldn't be allowed and we should get that changed as well. And there's quite, do quite a few dogs just get chained up? Yeah. Yeah. So there's whole cool. charities just dealing with chained dogs. Oh man. Yeah. It's always weird because when you're in your own bubble of the world, you don't see what, how other people treat a lot of other things. Right. But I'm imagining if you could, like I've never had, on my dogs there full time. So, okay, so that's on your list. All right. Um, what's the one thing that you're most stoked and happy about for New Zealand that we do quite well with when it comes to animals that, that you're proud of? One of the things, uh, it's a couple of things. One is the huge um, passion for animals that we do have 
um, we've got some of the highest um, uh, following America, but highest amount of animals per homes in around the world, which is really cool. And one of the just most recent um, things that I've loved the most is with this COVID situation, I have never seen so many people out and walking their dog. It's just been ah. phenomenal. Yeah. That, yeah. The, I mean, there's definitely everyone's getting to, these little health routines just to get out of the house to go and do stuff. And then they're like, ah, stuff, it will go take the dog for a walk. Um, yeah, very cool. And before we go, I need to talk to you about one big important issue. It's It's been just raging on my mind ever since I knew I was going to be talking to Andrea. Tiger King. Let's talk about it. Oh, no, I can't. <laughs> I haven't watched it. My team keeps saying I need to watch it. I just like, I can't. Sorry. It <laughs> is wild. Like, holy shit. It is so wild. Like, I, I didn't know. All, all everyone, I was just scrolling through. And all these memes just started popping up about this flipping dude that just looks like he's half homeless, half just weird. And I start watching it and I'm like, the story just gets crazy and crazy and crazy. You need to literally, I think is 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 mandatory for re research and development, for your person professional growth to watch Tiger King in a binge session. And then and then you can do a <laughs> you could do an article on LinkedIn. Top three things I learned about watching Tiger King, <laughs> yeah. why this matters. But what is it I think is interesting is it's not until content comes out that educates and entertains the masses that people actually start to talk about it. And now through Carol Baskin, then people are talking about tiger cruelty and animal cruelty and being caged up and business models behind it. And there's all these kind of under, and that what I found was really interesting through this whole documentary. I'm sure your team's talked to you about it, but it's actually, you know, the intent that a lot of these people come into money starts coming in the way things start navigating and changing. And next thing you know, some people build the exact thing that they were born to defend, like trying to, to, to defend or trying to, to trying to take down. And yeah, it's just the commercial um, intersection between something that you care about to that is, is something that, um, and they're talking to tiger petting, cubbing petting and all that other shit. So, um, ah, mate, you have to watch it. You just definitely make a mission. It is wild. It is so wild. Um, <laughs> if people want to um, support SPCA, they want to find out more, what can they do? Where can they go? Um, and if you, it was a message that you'd like to send to, you know, the average New Zealander, what would it be? So you can go to our website, which is www.spca.nz, and it's got information on everything, how, how to adopt an animal, foster an animal, how to take care of an animal, um, you can ask us questions. We're there to help and help educate. And as you say, education is so key uh, to open people's eyes to different ways. And things like enrichment of animals is, is such a new thing, but uh, it's really taking off. So that's cool. Um, yes, we we really need your support. Uh, sadly, it takes about $45 million uh, a year to run uh, the SPCA each year with all of these animals coming in and out. Um, it's on average about a $1,000 per animal by the time we care for them and dissect them and that. So really, really need your support. And I know it's so super tough at the moment with people losing jobs or having reduced pay and, and what have you. So any little bit that you can do to help is just amazing. And if you can't give any money, you know, maybe you can knit some mice for the for the cats and the kittens or um, send us, you know, if you've had a big clear out over uh, over this lockdown, send it to our op shops and uh, or to our centres for blankets and papers and all of that stuff that we need.
Awesome. Um, make sure, uh, please send me some more information and data around the desexing thing. This seems like a no-brainer. And, and I I shall make an email to someone. I mean, look, it probably, I mean, I've got no idea, but at least I know <laughs> who the person is that's in charge of the shit. So it's good. Um, send me some info. Andre, I really appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck with all the rest of it. And um, congrats again. And uh, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Robert. It's been lovely. Cheers. Work. See you soon. Bye. Bye. There we have it. CEO of uh, SPCA New Zealand, Andrea Midgen. Um, a few interesting things that I wouldn't have known about didn't know about um yeah quite a bunch of how the whole thing works um super awesome to hear all the pets and animals that um got uh got adopted right before lockdown um and just the rights of the rights of animals is important if you don't like animals stuff you animals are awesome dogs are awesome cats are awesome uh dogs are cooler than cats but it's a different conversation um and the dc thing thing seems like an absolute no-brainer just make that shit mandatory chip them up get them out and then you stop a whole bunch of you know young people and you know adults you know hurting animals unnecessarily it seems like a flipping absolute layup so no very cool uh good chats good times hope you had a good day team and i'll see you all soon peace